Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapnerless. When VCRs started appearing in my neighborhood, it was pretty awesome. While my family didn't have one, my friends who had similar tastes in television and movies would often record the TV shows and movies that I liked. So I could go over to these people's houses and, with the flip of a switch, watch whatever show I wanted. Some were expected things that I really wanted to watch over and over again. Others would be these sort of unexpected things that would come to dominate my life for a short period of time as my friends and I would basically just re-watch the exact same thing over and over again. One such movie was the 1979 film The Black Hole. One of my friend's fathers brought it home, not as a rental, as a thing he owned. So this thing belonged to my friend. A movie belonged to a friend of mine, which was just mind-blowing at the time. And I had never seen it before, so world premiere right in his basement. And we started watching it, and I was hooked. It's science fiction, Disney, but a lot darker than any Disney I had ever seen before. Some great robots, scary ones, and ones you could really kind of fall in love with. We must have watched this movie a dozen times the first week he had it, probably at the very minimum. We would just have it on in the background while we were doing other things. We just lived the black hole for months. There's a sort of randomness to entertainment sometimes, which I lament being sort of gone nowadays with our constant on-demand society. Sometimes you weren't sure what you were into, and therefore you took a chance on something. This is something I'd like to say I try to do nowadays, but now that I'm part of this amazing digital world, I find that I'm not as willing to take risks on things that I haven't vetted in some way before. And I shouldn't be like that, because I should look back and remember on all these great memories of things that I just discovered. Maybe things that weren't highly rated or wouldn't rate high. I look up the black hole and it's not as highly rated as I would rate it. And yet, I would still fall in love with some of these movies. So on today's show, I'm going to talk to you about the 1979 science fiction classic, The Black Hole. We'll talk about the people in front of and behind the camera. We'll talk about the production, its release, its reception, and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. Black Hole is a 1979 science fiction film produced by Walt Disney Productions. It was directed by Gary Nelson and stars Robert Forster, Maximilian Schell, Anthony Perkins, Ernest Borgnine, 
Yvette Mimo, and the voices of Roddy McDowell and Slim Pickens. The film was written by Jerry Day and Jeb Rosebrook. A little bit about Jerry Day. Gerald Lalande Day was born in 1922, passed away recently in 2013. She started off as a reporter. Now, when television started to be this burgeoning new entertainment, she fell in love with TV shows that featured horses, basically westerns like Half Gun Will Travel and Wagon Train. She would eventually meet with the producer of Wagon Train, who would let her write scripts for the show, and she would go on to become not only a writer in lots of westerns, including The Virginian, Little House on the Prairie, The Big Valley, but would also go on to write for TV shows like Marcus Welby, Peyton Place, Hawaii Five-0, and many others. She would be nominated for a Writers Guild Award for her TV work and was co-nominated for a Saturn Award and Hugo Award for the screenplay of The Black Hole. The film was directed by Gary Nelson. Nelson was born in 1934, film and television director, well-known for things like Gilligan's Island, Happy Days, Gunsmoke, and several feature films. While Nelson didn't win a lot of awards, he was nominated for an Emmy in the late 70s for Washington Behind Closed Doors. Now, while he did a lot of things, I would have to say he's probably most famous, well, at least to me and many people who watch movies, for his directing of The Black Hole. And this film was an effort to direct. It had a lot of very interesting special effects, including a blending of traditional camera techniques with computer-controlled camera technology. And Disney, who had seen Star Wars, wanted to rent some of the cameras they had used for Star Wars, but the price was too high, and this forced Disney's engineering department to build their own, resulting in the Automated Camera Effects System, or Disney's ACES, as well as the Matte Scan System, which allowed a camera to move over a matte painting and a computer-controlled modeling stand, which were allowed for some really cool special effects. Now, I love to talk about Tron, but at the time of this film's release, it had the longest computer graphic shot that had ever been on film before, which is this sort of moving holographic image of a black hole, which does not seem all that awesome right now. But believe me, back in the day, it was fascinating. That green grid would haunt me. The film would have over 550 visual effect shots and have 150 matte paintings. It must have been a logistic nightmare to pull off but it was very well done. I can't even imagine if they had gone with the original script, which had the entire film supposed to take place in a weightless environment. The technical difficulties with pulling that off forced a script rewrite, which I think probably saved a lot of effort. We'll return after these messages. This is Rom, the Space Knight. You can imagine he comes from another galaxy with his flashing neutralizer. Activate Rom. You can imagine he has rockets to blast into space and a translator that communicates with lights and sounds. You can even imagine his respirator lets him breathe in any atmosphere. Rom comes with the three plug-in accessories shown. 9-volt battery not included. Rom, the Space Knight. An electronic toy new from Parker Brothers. The Journey begins in a remote corner of space. The mystery, an old exploration ship still functioning. The challenge, to escape. The adventure, the largest black hole ever encountered. Where nothing escapes, not even light. The black hole, where no motion picture has taken you before. Rated PG. Starts Friday at the Como 8 and Seneca Mall Cinema. 
And now, back to the show. Now I'd like to talk a little bit about the plot of the film. The USS Palomino is returning to Earth. On board are Captain Dan Holland, First Officer Lieutenant Charles Pizer, Journalist Harry Booth, Scientist Dr. Kate McRae, who also has ESP, the civilian leader of the expedition, Dr. Alex Durant, and the robot Vincent. Vincent stands for Vital Information Necessary Centralized. Kind of a stretch. While returning, the crew discovers a black hole in space, and there's a spaceship nearby. This ship happens to be a long-lost vessel, the USS Cygnus. This is a very ship that Dr. McRae's father had been aboard when it went missing, and they decide to investigate. At first, the ship appears to be abandoned, and while exploring, they discover that the ship's commander, Dr. Reinhardt, is still alive aboard the ship, being aided by a crew of black-robed android drones and a robot named Maximilian. He has spent 20 years studying the black hole and intends to fly the Cygnus into it. Durant thinks it's possible, decides he's going to do it. Everybody else is a little shaky. I mean, this is a black hole. We get to meet Bob, the biosanitation battalion, which is a robot very similar to Vincent, but a lot more beat up. From what I understand, when they showed Bob, he was still a little too good looking. And so they just took a baseball bat and started smashing the model. And they were like, okay, that's the one. All sorts of stuff starts to go wrong. We find out that Reinhardt has done terrible things to his former crew and people start dying. What will happen? Will the crew fly into the black hole? Who will survive? You should watch the movie and find out. Now a little bit about the talented cast in this movie. Maximilian Schell played Dr. Hans Reinhardt. Schell was born in 1930, passed away in 2014. Born in Austria, Schell appeared in a ton of films throughout his career. Fun fact about the movie, the robot is named Maximilian. And that was done before they even cast Maximilian Schell in the film. And if you watch the movie, there's a sort of kind of joke about Maximilian's Schell, which... You'll see. If you haven't heard that joke and you've seen the movie, maybe it'll be pretty obvious. I think my friends and I used to throw that joke around a lot. In early development of the film, Dr. Reinhardt's ship was originally going to be called the Centaurus, but it was renamed the Cygnus after the constellation where the first black hole was found in 1964. Anthony Perkins played Dr. Alex Durant. Perkins, born in 1932, great actor, Academy Award nominee, probably best known by everyone for his work on... Psycho as Norman Bates. Robert Forster played Captain Dan Holland. Born in 41, Robert Forster has worked a lot, even recently. If you're a Quentin Tarantino fan, you might remember him as Max Cherry in Jackie Brown. He's also been in Mulholland Drive, Olympus Has Fallen, and on TV he was on Heroes and Breaking Bad. Joseph Bottoms played Lieutenant Charles Pizer. Joseph Bottoms, born in 1954, probably best known movie-wise for his work in The Black Hole. He's also been on television, on the TV show Santa Barbara, and many other things. Yvette Mameau played Dr. Kate McRae. 
born in 1942. Momo was in the 1960 film Where the Boys Are, as well as George Powell's film version of H.G. Wells' The Time Machine. Ernest Borgnine played Harry Booth. Borgnine, born in 1917, passed away in 2012. Academy Award winner for Marty, which is a great movie if you haven't seen it. Was also in McHale's Navy and Airwolf on television. But a couple of great voices in this movie. Roddy McDowell was the voice of Vincent, who's uncredited for this film, but it's unmistakably him. Roderick Andrew Anthony Jude McDowell, or Roddy, was born in 1928, passed away in 1998. English actor, best known for doing tons of stuff, but for me, he's probably best known for his role in the Planet of the Apes films, where he played Cornelius, Caesar, and Galen. The character of Vincent was supposed to actually be a lot more elaborate his eyes were supposed to have kind of cool, I guess, kind of ticker type where you have the little pixels that run together. And that would have given him some sort of ability to have expressions. But they sadly didn't work and were abandoned for what you see in the film. The other very similar looking robot, but a lot more beat up, was Old Bob, who was voiced, another unmistakable voice, by Slim Pickens. Lewis Burton Lindley, better known as Slim Pickens probably best known for his work in two films, although he was in a ton of other things. I remember him from Dr. Strangelove, where he rode that bomb down into the ground, and of course, Blazing Saddles. There is an inexorable force in the cosmos where time and space converge. A place beyond man's vision, but not his reach. It is the most mysterious and awesome point in the universe. Where the here and now may be forever. On my ship, you ask. It is unavoidable. Moving through space. Swallowing everything in its path, radio waves, light. Are you programmed to speak? Even planets and stars. straight for the black hole. What'll we do? We wait. We got you. Ah. 
We got you. All right. It's all right. It's all right. It's okay. No. Gravity's at maximum, Dan. My God, I think it's got us. Man is about to enter. We got a break here, too. The black hole. The music in the film was provided by John Barry. John Barry Prendergast was born in 1933, passed away in 2011. He would compose the soundtrack for 11 James Bond films, including arranging and performing the James Bond theme in the first film in the series. He would also work on films like Midnight Cowboy, Dances with Wolves, and Out of Africa. When they were going to put this soundtrack out, I just read about this recently, they were going to release it as a multicolored, liquid-filled vinyl album. So sort of like this psychedelic color play would happen while your album was spinning. Unfortunately, there were problems with the manufacturing process, and they never released it. But boy, that would have been cool. The film was released as an LP by Disneyland Records in 1979, and a remastered edition of the LP has been made available for download out in the world if you wanted to pick it up. The complete score was released on CD in 2011 by Intrada Records, and that's actually a bit longer than the original release. Quite a bit of previously unreleased and also material that was not even used in the film. The film was released on December 21st, 1979, and had a budget of $20 million. It would go on to make $35.8 million domestically, making it the 21st highest grossing film of 1979. Unfortunately, it received mixed reviews at the time. People thought it was sort of creative, but that it got bogged down in the story. Now, the film would get re-released in theaters in 1982, 1985, and 1990. It would also get many VHS and Laserdisc, and eventually DVD, releases, starting as early as 1980 and as recently as 2010. So plenty of opportunities to pick this up. There have been many plans to remake the black hole. They've all seemed to go nowhere, with lots of high-level people attached, including the 2010 director of Tron Legacy, Joseph Kaczynski, and the writer of the film Prometheus, John Spates, who was mentioned attached as recently as 2013. We'll return after these messages. I've got Pfizer prisoner. Good. Now it's Captain Holland. Hidden beneath his jacket is a black hole communicator. Lets you transmit and receive in complete secrecy. Nine volt batteries not Calling included. Captain Holland. Calling Captain Holland. Captain Holland. Captain Holland here. Go ahead. Be careful. It's a trap. Where are they hiding? Behind the tree. I see him. Coast is clear. I'm coming in. I'll breathe. Hey, where'd he come from? The black hole communicators. Two to a set. By Migo. From the Black Hole Collection comes Rio Control Vincent. A superior species of intelligence. Vincent, I'm sending you on a dangerous mission. Out of the frying pan into the fire. 
batteries not included. When you talk in here, proceed to kitchen. It sounds as if Vincent is talking. When Vincent talks, everyone listens. Why, Vincent? Nothing ventured, nothing gained. And what danger threatens? Sound the alarm. Radio Control Vincent. Assembly required by Migo. Step right up and catch the excitement of the tumblers with Plop. The circus game ditched three games in one. Games one and two, you against the computer. Game three, you against an opponent. And may the best player win. And the black hole space game, where you try to send the other guy crashing into the black hole. Handheld Electronic TV Games by Mego. And now, back to the show. If you were a kid when this film came out, or even afterwards, you probably know that there were toys put out, which is probably the most important thing in the world. Mego produced a line of 12-inch and 4-inch action figures for the film, which were released in the fall of 1979. But there were other tie-ins, including comic books and a novelization by Alan Dean Foster that sort of built upon the mythology, a very famous Disney read-along, which was recently featured on the site, and a children's book line from Little Golden Books. I can't help but think I had a few of these, but I tried to dig them out and couldn't find them. In 1983, Disney put out a computer learning game sort of based on the black hole called Space Probe colon Math. I guess we would have gotten lots of other space probes eventually. There's lots of great stuff online about the black hole, and a lot of people really love this film, including myself. You can even find stuff online about the making of it, about how they created the black hole effect, just sort of paint, colored paint in a water tank, and about how this film, because of its adult nature and being part of Disney, would eventually lead to Disney creating spin-offs like Touchstone Pictures and Hollywood Pictures, this was an important film that might not have done as well at the box office as Star Wars, which I bet is what Disney wanted. But it's important because it pushed the boundaries of filmmaking. It obviously inspired Disney to try things that would become very successful with their spin-off labels. Plus, it was just very cool. It was fairly kid-friendly, although maybe not as kid-friendly as other Disney films, being the first Walt Disney film to get a PG rating. And I adored it because for a little while it dominated my life. It just goes to show you, you never really know what to expect from entertainment. Sometimes you don't need to trust the sort of crowdsourced world to tell you what you like. You can try something new and maybe you'll discover that unlike other people, you do like it because there is a vast amount of entertainment out there. And if you only listen to what other people say, you're only going to know the things that everybody else knows. So do yourself a favor and become an explorer. Try something new. Just randomly pick something and turn it on and see if you like it. If you do, maybe share that with somebody. Maybe it's something everybody already loves. But in your act of discovering, you're an explorer, like those first people going through the black hole. So this weekend, pick up a DVD, turn on a channel, fire up Netflix, and go searching. Go in through, and beyond.
Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can also follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist.com and twitter.com slash retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. Also go on to write for oh yeah oh come on this has been a retrospective production goodbye